0: The Christian world needs more Spirit-filled teaching. So often we have fiery preaching without substance, or doctrine without life. But we seek to join the two. We seek to bring theology on fire. This is Andrew Wilkes. This is Leo Wilkes. And this is Theology on Fire. Hey friends, it's just me today. Um, I wanted to share with you today, a question I've been thinking about a lot lately, and it is the question of what is hope? Um, we hear a lot of sermons, I believe, uh, at least in my experience on faith and love. And I haven't personally heard a lot of people speak about just hope and just hope on its own. And it's something I've been thinking about and something I've been studying, I wanted to share what the Lord, I believe, has shown me. And it's been very encouraging. I've really just known his presence in this. And I really just want to share what he has shown me. And I really pray it encourages you. So without further ado, let's just dive right in. In Proverbs, um, it's a well-known verse, you've probably heard it. In Proverbs 13, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled Is a tree of life, so it's talking about hope deferred, as in an expectancy. Hope is expectant for something. It's looking towards something in a positive way. It's it's hoping, and I was just thinking, what do we hope in? And in the Psalms, I've been reading a lot lately about the Lord's steadfast love. If you pay attention to our social media, you'll see that we just put up a small uh, devotional on Monday, just talking about the Lord's steadfast love. And in Psalm 33, David says, Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. And he goes on just to praise the Lord. And in verse 22, he says, Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. And in Psalm 13, he says, But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. And here we see hope and love together. And just quite simply, you can't have hope without love. As a Christian, that is what we hope in. We hope in the love of God. If I didn't have the assurance of God's love for me and of his consistent loving character, of his unchangeable nature, I wouldn't have a reason to hope. But I do hope. I hope in his love. That is my whole reason for hope in any aspect of life. When I look unto the Lord, that's what I'm hoping in, is his love for me. And something that builds our hope, as we know, is the word of God. And David spoke about that a lot in Psalm 119. Particularly, he says, my soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. Verse 114 says, you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Psalm 130. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word, I hope. Hope is fueled by God's word. It's not necessarily Something that he has said specifically to you about your current circumstances. Those things are, are good, but we don't necessarily hope in all those things. We hope in the word of God in his promises for his children. We hope more as we see his character of faithfulness and kindness through the word. We hope in that he is truly God and we see how generations through the word were preserved by him. Those things bring hope. We see there from that psalm as well in uh, Psalm 119, he says, You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. You know, we find hope. In that hiding place. And we've talked about that as well on our social media recently. That place with the Lord where we commune with God. When we pray and we seek Him. And we let Him fill us with His Spirit. We will receive that Spirit of hope. It is a communion with Him. It's an abiding hope. Psalm 39 says, And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in You. I love this because david's just saying, Hope actually isn't just an expectancy It's present. It's a contentment. It is at peace in the now, in this very moment. Hope knows who God is and it brings peace into every situation that you face, even when things are not going the way you planned, when things are unfolding in a different direction than you thought they should be. There is a present hope that comes and it's a spiritual thing. Hope remembers that God is in the details of my life, weaving an intricate plan. This hope that we can get from the Lord in this hiding place. It can fill a room with peace and calm. I've experienced that this week. In just sitting at my kitchen table and preparing for this, I just I felt the Lord come and fill that room with peace and calm into questions and doubts and struggles that I have. I, he came in like a a soothing balm, and he he can heal. And bring hope to your tired and broken heart. It's a real thing. It's not just a feeling. It's not just a concept. It's a spiritual thing. Hope is spiritual and it's tangible. And it comes from God. It brings a strength and a nourishment in the spirit. And that's because it's Jesus, the spirit of the Lord. He is our hope. That's why David said, for what do I wait There is nothing we need to wait for. Hope is mine right now in Jesus. And our circumstances, sometimes we can almost hear the devil mock in the background at that statement. Like, "Ha ha." well, of course not. Look at what's going on in your life. Look at these disappointments. Look at how these people have treated you. Look at the disappointment and the hurts and the insults or whatever it is, the financial loss. Those things are real. But so is this hope. This hope is not just uh, trying to be positive, smiling at yourself in the mirror, hoping that it, you'll make it through. Hope is real. It comes from the Lord. And it is the Lord. It's from Jesus. And here's what the Bible says about Jesus. Matthew chapter twelve eighteen says, Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed will he not break, and a smoldering wick will he not quench, as Jesus is talking about, until he brings justice to victory. And in his name the Gentiles will hope. That's us. That's everybody who is the servant of the Lord. We hope in the name of Jesus. Our hope is in the finished work of the cross. It is in Jesus and it is in all he has accomplished for us. His work is done. His work is complete. That's why he said on the cross, it is finished. And it is in that that we hope. It's not in a situation or a circumstance or a person or, oh, it's all going to turn out right in the end. You know, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes maybe that family member doesn't get healed. Sometimes maybe you don't get that job. Sometimes maybe you don't get married when you thought you were going to get married. But those are not the things that we hope in. They are blessings. God is faithful. He provides. He is a healer. But when things don't turn out the way we thought they should, that's not what we hope in. We hope in Jesus. We hope in his character. We hope in his love. We hope in his work of love on the cross that we receive and accept and live in and dwell in. Romans 8 says, For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? If you see something, you're not hoping for it because it's there. Verse 25, But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. This is talking about. A yearning in the spirit. There's hope in it. It's a groaning that comes from the Lord. In these situations that we can be faced with many times and we're confused and it's darker. We don't understand. Maybe we're even just looking at somebody else's life and the trial that they're going through. We can pray for them in the Spirit with these groanings and yearnings from the Lord. Verse 27 says, He who searches the hearts, he knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God... All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. That's a hope building verse. That's a verse that speaks of the character of God. He works all things together for good, even the trial. You're not forgotten. You're not just a spare part of his plan. You're a part of it. And he is well over every intricate detail of your life. He is there to help you. And there is hope for you in your life. And that hope is Christ. Romans 12.12 says rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. There's a reason to rejoice Even in tribulation, it's in the same verse as the next statement, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation. Keep rejoicing in the tribulation, in the hope, which is Jesus, and be constant in prayer. And sometimes that prayer will look like what we just talked about, those yearnings and groanings. They're not words. We don't always know how to pray, what to say, but God by the Holy Spirit comes, prays through us intercedes, moves in our situations. I've seen him do it myself. I had to be on nursery one night at church during a prayer meeting, but I just really wanted to pray. And so I came home, took my kids home, put them in bed, finally got all situated, got down in the middle of my living room floor and I began to groan. This was the first time it had ever happened to me, but it was so tangible. It was so real. I had great burdens that were in me that I needed God to speak into I needed him to move. And this groaning started to well up within me. And it felt like labor. I've been in labor twice. And it was like that. It was a groaning that I just cannot explain, but it was of the spirit. And it's not always going to be like this. We're not always going to see it. But the next morning, there was a phone call that answered some of those things that I was interceding and groaning for. I didn't have words. I didn't know what the Spirit was doing, but He did do something and I saw it the very next day. We can hope in the Lord when He comes and we groan like that and we pray and we intercede. I can hope that God's got it handled. I can rejoice in hope and be patient in that tribulation knowing that my Jesus who died on the cross for me is interceding for me at the right hand of God. He is looking over my situation and He is going to make good just like he said all things work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose and that's just for those who are saved because if you're saved you're called romans fifteen thirteen 13 says may the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that By the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Hope comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. It is spiritual, not emotional. It is real. It is not just airy-fairy feelings. Hope is Jesus beaming up through your soul and being allowed to shine through your life. You people will see it in your eyes and on your face and in the way you act. It is a gift of God. It is ability not of yourself. You cannot muster up hope. You cannot squeeze out this hope. It is the spirit of Christ. You can allow it. You can give it room. You can give him place in your life and you can fuel it by being in the word and being in prayer and letting him search you and fill you with his promises and with his spirit galatians 5 5 says for through the spirit by faith we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness I just, that speaks of looking unto the day of the Lord. That is our hope. That is our hopeful purpose. At the end of the day, though you have a call and a will for your life, that should you continue to just walk with the Lord and trust him and let him have his way in your life, he will do. But even aside from that, Even aside from the details of your life, there is a day of the Lord coming for all of his people. And he is going to come back in glory and he's going to snatch us all back with him in the rapture. He is going to take us to be with him. And that is what we look forward to. That is our hope of righteousness, is the finished work of the cross in Jesus and being with him at the end of the day. Ephesians one eighteen says, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? Speaking of heaven, speaking of that finished work, being with him. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might? Hope is a big picture perspective. Hope puts the shortness of your life and the length of eternity into perspective. I want to say that again because I need repetition. Hope puts the shortness of your life and the length of eternity into perspective. Does it really matter at the end of the day when I look at heaven, that thing that I'm struggling with? I know it hurts. I know it's real. And I know God is in the details and I do know that he cares. But if I would just lift up my eyes a little higher, sometimes those problems that seem so difficult can melt away. When I look into the eyes of Jesus and remember, there is a great eternity coming that I am going to be with him in. And the scripture talks about it. Colossians 1 3 says we always thank God the father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven of this you have heard before in the word of truth the gospel these people we do you see that again hope and love together these people loved one another It said, love that you have for all the saints they have love that's the body of christ we see that love that you have and we see that it's because of the hope laid up for you in heaven you have love because you have hope their hope was heavenly it was a spiritual hope and so it brought out a spiritual love. It was the spirit of Christ. We can't separate all these things, love and hope and faith. They all are intermingled in one thing together. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, love hopes all things. I'll read the verse. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love bears all things, believes all things. It hopes all things because Hope remembers that God has a perfect plan. Hope remembers that God, like he has helped you, it remembers to hope that God can do that in other people too. I hope in that brother or sister's life that seemed to be so off, Or seem to be so struggling with something. Maybe they're just so prideful. So arrogant. Or maybe they're just so chewed up with a besetting sin. Or their eyes seem to be a little off. And they're so taken up with maybe one aspect of Christianity. But they're missing the whole. Whatever it is. Love hopes. I can hope in the work of Christ. In that brother or sister's life. I can hope that he will complete his work. And if I hope that. I can love them if I hope, oh God, I know you've got it in such and such as life. I know that you will finish the work that you have started. I know because you are faithful and therefore I will love them knowing that you in them are going to make it right. Thessalonians 5, 8 says, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation there we see faith love and hope again in the same verse and when we have hope no matter what may come our perspective and priorities are so heaven focused the enemy doesn't have a hope of landing a shot because we are wearing that helmet of the hope of salvation that is again Jesus. It's Christ. It's a helmet. It's on your head. It's keeping your mind and your vision focused on Christ, focused on what he has done for you, on what he will do, on his character and on the day of the Lord. Abraham did that. Romans 4. It said in hope he believed against hope. Basically that's saying even though the odds were against him, he continued to hope that he should become the father of many nations. As he had been told, so shall your offspring be. He did. Did not weaken in faith, there we see faith and hope they're intermingled. when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do as he had promised in hope. He believed because he knew, he knew who his God was. Hope fueled Abraham's faith hope fueled his walk forward because he hoped not in himself he didn't just go by feelings he knew his god and he hoped in him Perhaps you could say, looking at Abraham, faith for him was looking forward. It was trusting God and moving in faith to the next thing, stepping out into that wilderness, believing God for that child that he was going to have, for the many people that he was promised would come after him. But hope was looking upward, was looking up to God, hoping against hope by the grace of God. Let's do that. Let's do what Abraham did, even when it didn't seem to make any sense what God was asking him to do he hoped against hope we can hope against hope let's put on our helmet of salvation that hope that is Christ Titus 2 says waiting for our blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ that's who we wait for it says it right there it spells it out for us our blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession he gave himself to redeem us from all lawlessness, to pur- to purify us, to make us his possession. That's what we hope in. In verse 15, it says, declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Maybe wherever you are, you don't really have support. Maybe no one believes in your calling. Maybe you've been told that you'll never sum up to much, maybe by people or by the enemy. Maybe you've been Given this lie, this discouragement, you're just never really going to make it past this point. You will never be delivered from this sin. You will never excel. You'll never be able to be a minister. You'll never be useful. You're never going to make it. Let no one disregard you. That's what I believe the Lord would say to you today is let no one disregard you. Either the enemy or people in your past or even current circumstances. Your hope and call Come from God. One of the last statements by a lady called Maud Kells was, um, she was a great missionary to Africa. She was a feisty old woman. She was single on the mission field in the middle of Africa. And one of her last statements were, keep on keeping on. Hebrews 6 10 says, for God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name and serving the saints as you still do. Keep on keeping on. Keep on loving. Maybe you don't see how things are going to work out. Maybe you don't understand why things are the way they are, but keep on keeping on. Look up to the Lord. Let him continue to love through you in the church, in the place that you work, in your family. Verse 11 says, and we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. Keep on. Keeping on like Maud did in the middle of Africa, a single woman, elderly in age. She kept on keeping on by the grace of God because he was her hope. Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason, for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Hope, real hope, can be and should be seen in your life because it is the spirit of Christ. Hope is Jesus. It comes from Jesus. And so if that is allowed to reign in you and have its place in you, people will see it and they will ask, what is that hope? And Peter is saying, be ready. Be ready when you let him fill you. Be ready when you lift up your eyes and get your perspective off of yourself and onto the finished work of Christ and the day of the Lord, which is coming quicker than you know. Be ready because people are going to see that in your life. And people are going to ask, what is that hope that is in you? And you can tell them it is from God. It is from Jesus. Let me tell you. Hebrews 10 23 says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Hope knows that God is faithful. Hope knows that he is not a man that he should lie. Hope knows that he keeps his promises and that he is looking over your life and he is faithful. Hope knows that he's coming back for a glorious church and he is coming back for you and he loves you and he's going to help you until the very end. He is our hope. He is faithful. Lift up your eyes. Let him encourage you and hope in him. You cannot muster it up. You can't do it of your own self, but ask Jesus to fill you. Lift up your eyes to dwell and think on good things like the Bible encourages us to do. Think on Christ. Think on his promises. Think on his goodness. Think on what he has accomplished on the cross and made a way for you to do to be boldly before his throne of grace, interceding, groaning, praying, yearning. You have hope, and it is Christ. And he wants you to know that today. Wherever you are, whatever you are facing, there is hope for you. Right now, in this present moment, let him fill you with that hope. Thank you for joining us at Theology on Fire. Please subscribe so you won't miss new episodes. All of our information and contact details can be found at theologyonfire.org.